Well, as I just said, media landscapes around the world are becoming increasingly different. Some are partisan. Some have created what is a divided landscape as well. But what exactly are these kinds of media landscapes doing to individuals and societies, especially those operating in a democracy? Well, our next guest was involved in an experiment of sorts and to find out exactly that. David Brookman is an Associate Professor of Political Science at the University of California, Berkeley. He and fellow academic Joshua Keller undertook a study where they paid a group of regular Fox News news viewers to switch over to CNN for a month. And some of the results were very surprising. David is joining us from California to talk about the study and what highly partisan media can do to a democracy. Welcome, David. Thank you so much for having me. So let's start with the study. Exactly how was it run and who was involved? Yeah, so what we did is we recruited a group of several hundred people who watch Fox News regularly. So these are people that are watching Fox News usually a few hours a week, um, which is, our, of course, our more conservative uh, media outlet here in the U.S. And we randomly assigned them, just like in a medical trial, um, but instead of giving them a medicine or a placebo, instead we randomly assigned uh, some of them to be paid to watch CNN instead at the time at which they usually watch Fox News. So moving them to a news source that was um, less conservative than the news source they typically watch. Okay, so what were some of the results and did any surprise you? Yeah, so we followed up with folks a few days after this month was over and we asked a a bunch of different questions. And I think a few results stood out. You know, I think one way that people think about this kind of partisan media is as if it just kind of puts a thumb on the scale for one side on the political spectrum. Um, And I think that's right, but I think that misses something, which is that part of how it does that, our, our study shows, is that it essentially omits certain kind of inconvenient information for, for one side. And so, for example, when we did our study, it was a few months before the U.S. election back in 2020, uh, when Trump was coming under uh, a lot of criticism when he was president about his handling of COVID. Uh, however, Fox News at the time essentially gave no information at all or almost no information in its primetime hours about um, the ways in which uh, Trump was handling the virus, instead just kind of downplaying its severity. Whereas those folks that we paid to watch CNN got a lot of information. And in fact, we see that um, not only do they know more about coronavirus, about Trump's handling, but they also think that maybe Trump could have been doing a little better job of handling that issue. So Mm. It's not as if we were taking these conservative folks and, and you know, magically turning them into uh, Biden voters or something like that. We, we didn't expect that and didn't find it. But they said, you know what, I, I still like Trump, but he could be doing a little better at this, a little, little better at that. So, David, did you get a sense that you were actually able to change people's minds on certain issues? Yeah, so I think one of the interesting questions our study speaks to is, you know, we know that people really tend to consume media that kind of agrees with their pre-existing views. And I think, you know, one key question is, are, is one reason why people are so partisan now? Um, is it because of the media that they choose or that even if they got information that's different, they just reject it and say, oh, that's all lies. I'm not going to believe it. And I think that the funny thing about our study is that the people in our in our study were, you know, these are these are hardcore conservative Republican folks, you know, very, very you know, loyal Republicans. And so at the beginning, you know, we asked people how they felt about CNN on a zero to 100 scale. 
um, the majority of people actually said zero. <laughs> mm-hmm. So these are folks that don't trust CNN. They don't like it. Nevertheless, um, after watching CNN for a month, they still don't like it anymore, but they actually learned a lot from it. Mm. And I think what that goes to show is that even when people don't want to consume other media, uh, if they do so, they actually are willing to learn from it, um, even if they say it's all lies. But yeah, you know, I did learn something. Mm. I was really interested in your discussion about partisan coverage filtering. Can you explain to our listeners just exactly what that is and why it could be problematic? Yeah. So if you think about part of media's key role in a democracy, you know, and part of your your key role, right, as, as a news outlet in a democracy, it's partly to let voters know about um, how politicians are doing when they do good things, when they do bad things. Um, and that's part of why politicians in a democracy want to work hard to do good things for their countries, good things for voters, because they know voters will find out about, about what they do. But that whole kind of process of democracy breaks down if voters don't actually learn about the mistakes or bad decisions that politicians make. And so what we find is that one of the things partisan media does is just simply not tell people about some of the mistakes or um, you know less flattering things that, that its side does. However, when we switched folks to a different network, they started to learn those things. And mm-hmm. so one of my favorite results in our study, kind of consistent with this idea, is that when these Fox News viewers started watching CNN instead, they were actually more likely after that month to agree that if uh, Donald Trump did something bad as president at the time, that Fox News would not tell them about it. So they say, yeah, you know what? There is all this information I'm missing that I I didn't realize I was missing because I was only watching this other news source. Mm. I know in an interview about the study um, since it's been conducted that you made an analogy between Fox News and the media in Putin's Russia, a big comparison there. I'll ask you why you drew that parallel. But similarly, what about CNN? I mean, how partisan is their coverage? when you're looking at the two outlets? Yeah, you know, there's been a lot of research on that. And, you know, our our study doesn't really dive too much into trying to compare, you know, sort of like who's worse or, or what are the differences. It's just all, all that we sort of say and want to assume is that CNN is less conservative than, than Fox is or, or more left-wing than Fox is, which we feel like is a, is a safe assumption. It's it's obviously hard to, to measure what, you know, the right news coverage is. But, you know, I think I think the analogy with with partisan media and, and what you see in, you know, authoritarian regimes like, like Putin's Russia, um, I, I think it helps kind of make the point more clear that, you know, if, if you see part of what's happening um, with Ukraine right now, a lot of Russians actually just don't understand really a, a, a sense of what's actually going on because the truth about what's happening in Ukraine is being highly filtered by their media. They're getting a very selective portrayal of of, the, of what the facts are, um, if not actually some outright falsehoods. And you know, I think the same thing happens. You know, without really being able to measure, you know, to what extent on different networks. I think all these partisan networks, you know, do that to some extent. Um, and we, we certainly saw that during you know our study where. Um, for example, uh, Joe Biden also during the time uh, during that time, uh, there, there were a lot of kind of different um, riots in American cities or protests. And um, there was there's a lot of coverage of that. And watching Fox News, the, the folks in our study that were still watching Fox News were led to believe through, I think, a lot of implication on Fox News that Biden um, supported defunding the police, um, the kind of you know extreme view or you know actually supported. Um, some of the more extreme things that were happening at some of these protests. Uh, and so, you know, that's just an example of, of, of another example of how partisan media can kind of give people, a, you know, not fully accurate or, or whole picture of, of what's really going on. Mm, I'd love to know, what do you think the results might have been if you'd paid CNN viewers to watch Fox News? 
Yeah. You know, we, um, we, we actually spent a bunch of time trying to raise money to do that too, because we, we wish we could have done it. And, uh, unfortunately, uh, our, our, <laughs> we, we couldn't, but, you know, I, I guess I would have expected it would have just been the same in reverse, um, that, um, you know, you probably would have had folks, um, analogously who, um, were pretty partisan Democrats who, when they watched Fox news would have learned a lot of things that they otherwise wouldn't have learned that might've Probably, I, I don't think would have you know changed how they vote in the presidential election or anything like that. But might have said, oh, you know, maybe Biden isn't as good as I thought, or maybe Trump's actually a little better at this than I thought. So that that would be my guess that we would just see the you know the same results in in mirror image. But uh, I, I would still love to do that study, and I and I hope we get to. Mm. And just before we broaden it out, what happened to those CNN watchers? Did they stick with CNN or switch back? Yeah, so it's it's really interesting. You know, we. You know, at the end of the the period when folks were were paid to watch CNN, um, you know, they didn't trust CNN anymore. But they said, you know, I, I I did learn something. But after after that, so we did another long term follow up, and what we found is more or less essentially folks just went back. That they said, you know, it's just too painful to watch CNN because it's just it's too different um, than, than than my views. And so I think you know my, my takeaway from that, and I think that what that goes to show is. We can't just tell people to eat their vegetables and say, hey, you need to watch media that disagrees with you because people just don't like doing that and most people won't do it. Mm. Um, I, I think what we what we need to do is kind of recognize the, the power that these media sources have you know, when they have a captive audience like this and, and try to push them to, to be a little more responsible um, and, and you know tell a little more of the story in, in their coverage. Mm, it's probably a case of old habits die hard as well. I yes. was interested, you know, findings from your research came out a couple of months ago. There has been a fair amount of reaction to it. I know that former President Obama's takeaway was that we underestimate the pliability of our views. So do you think that the good news from a study like this is that perhaps political opinions aren't as entrenched as we thought they may have been? Yeah, I, I think there's some truth to that. And, you know, a lot of the existing research on this had actually had a pretty pessimistic conclusion that if anything, when you show people the other side's media, so to speak, or what the other side is saying, that it actually just makes people kind of dig in more, makes people more extreme. And so we, that's not what we find. Um, you know, we're not seeing anyone kind of dig in their heels more. Um, at the same time, though, I, I don't want to overstate the degree of change. You know, we we saw changes that I would say, you know, politically are are meaningful. But again, it's it's not as if the average person in this study is seeing a, a transformation in their view. So I think the truth is probably somewhere in the middle that um, to say that people simply can't be persuaded or can't change or are so stubborn is not right. Um, but, you know, people also, you know, most of these folks, adults in their 40s, 50s, 60s, you know, they've had a whole life of having the views they have. And even even an intervention as big as watching another media channel for a whole month, it'll teach them new things, it'll change their views a little bit. But, you know, reasonable folks don't just turn on a dime like that. Mm. Well, look, moving beyond your study, David, we know that the January 6 committee hearings are underway at the moment in Washington, D.C. Firstly, what kind of role do you think partisan media played in the January 6 capital attack? You know, it's 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 really hard to say. I, I will say I think one one thing it it points to, though, because I think one of the things that, that Americans, you know, we, we found so um, shocking about um, some of, of what's come out about that is that there were, you know, and now are a, a number of people who have these pretty severe misperceptions and have been, you know, received a lot of misinformation about, for example, whether the 2020 election was fair, who won it, et cetera. 
Um, and, and I think that, uh, again, just goes to underscore how much power these partisan media sources have, um, that there's there's some great work by um, a colleague of mine at MIT, Adam Berinsky, finding that um, if you want to fight against disinformation, sometimes, you know, like we find in our study, people might change their views a little bit if they hear the other side's media try to debunk it. But what really matters, and this is what uh, Professor Berinsky's work shows, what really matters is when you have um, your own side's media tell you something uh, is not true. Um, and so I think it, it underscores the, the responsibility that, that all media outlets have to make sure that even the viewers on their side, they tell them some of those hard or inconvenient truths, because that's kind of how we have to keep a functioning democracy where people you know, understand what politicians are doing in office, whether an election has been stolen, um, et cetera. So do you have advice on how to stop the media landscape becoming so partisan? So, you know, I think there's a few different levers. You know, here in the U.S., the the government is a is a bit constrained because, um, you know, there's our, our free speech regulations, which overall are are great. Um, you know, our, our protections for that are really strong, and and the um, Supreme Court here over the years have has has interpreted that in such a way that I think makes it really difficult for there to be some of the more kind of straightforward regulations that you might expect. So, for example, there used to be a, a doctrine in the U.S. called the Fairness Doctrine, that um, if a political issue was presented, essentially you'd have to have both both sides of it presented. That I don't think would withstand scrutiny today, and it also is, would be hard to apply to something like partisan cable TV. Um, but I do think it's something where lawyers and policymakers will need to get creative in thinking about how can we both respect free speech, but also try to do what we can to try to encourage um, these media outlets to be, you know, a little more responsible on, on all sides. And David, just a final question about an unrelated topic, but I know you have put research into looking at reducing prejudice towards transgender people. I'd love to know what you make of FINA's uh, decision this week to ban transgender uh, women and the media's commentary or media analysis and coverage of it and the commentary surrounding it. <laughs> So I, I, I haven't um, thought that much about that because I've been on, on holiday for the last week. Uh, but <laughs> Lucky you. <laughs> I, 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 I will say this, which is, you know, I think the broadly, so I've done uh, with, with uh, my co-author, Josh Kella, a, a lot of research on trying to reduce prejudice towards um, transgender people, uh, immigrants and, and other groups. And I think one um, really important takeaway from, from that research and, and other research is that having people exposed to stories of members of these groups is, is really important. So when we think about these groups as just kind of an anonymous groups where we're not thinking about, you know, particular people and their faces and their stories, it's a lot easier to dislike that group than when we think about and, and hear the stories of what individuals in those groups actually actually go through. So um, I think when, when I think about these issues, what, what I think about is kind of how important it is to make sure that um, individual people's stories are, are told to, to, so that we can promote understanding. David, it's been fascinating talking to you. Thanks for your time. Thank you. And that was David Brookman, an Associate Professor of Political Science at the University of California, Berkeley. A couple of you have been texting in about that question on whether or not there should be an experiment to switch the CNN watchers to watch the Fox News the other way. And as my guest David was saying, is that they didn't have the funding for that as yet. But I was keen to find that out uh, as well. Uh, Philip from Cogra was keen to hear about that. He's suggesting maybe Belinda Gates 
might fund that question. Um, and Jenny said, funny, my take on CNN watchers being paid to watch Fox would be that you couldn't pay them enough to do that. Well, everyone's got an opinion. Um, who knows? Perhaps that research might get the funding and that uh, next experiment might go ahead. Getting in touch with ABC RN is easy. Join the conversation live using the ABC Listen app's call and text features.